It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use for the day before Valentine's Day, February 13th, from Car Edge with your host, the old St. Valentine's guy himself, me, Ray, and that good-looking guy wearing the North Face. Zach, how are you today, handsome? One day I want as much energy as you have, Pops. We're both kind of wearing shades of purple, which looks good on both of us, although you're... Mine's the beard, blue. man. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the beard, beard a little later on. We'll talk about that later on. Dad, we've got a great show today. Car prices have crashed. I want everyone to put in the chat how much Somewhere. they think car prices have Somewhere. crashed. We've got new data. The market has officially flipped. And we've got a guest joining the show today from one of the OEMs. So stay tuned. We'll be bringing on a guest in just a few minutes here. Before we do, Dad, I want to remind everyone, today's show brought to you by us, damn it, CarEdge.com. You're looking to go purchase a vehicle, let us help you out. Go check out CarEdge.com. And Pops, let's kick things off with some of the data, and then we'll bring in that special guest to get their commentary on this as well. Here it is, folks. The crash has begun. Yes. Kelly Blue Book reports new vehicle transaction prices continue to tumble down 3.2. Five, read it. Three point five big on big ones. Excuse me. Year over year in January. Would you look at that, Dad? Some are calling it an avalanche of car prices. <laughs> Some one person, one person in America calling that an avalanche, calling that a crash. The world, according to Zach Shevska, ladies and gentlemen, we are in free fall. Hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, prices are down a little bit. You got it. We do look at, and this is uh, right after I pull this up, we're going to bring in our OEM special guest because, Dad, what we have seen this chart, and I'll zoom in on it for everyone at home, this chart yeah. shows you on the orange or yellow line the average new car transaction price, which had peaked at almost $50,000 at the end of last year. And then the yeah. blue line, which circumvents that orange or yellow line is the average incentive percentage of the average transaction price. So it used to be pre-pandemic that a, a new car would sell for something like forty-ish thousand dollars, thirty-five, forty thousand dollars, and you as a customer could expect across the board on average to have ten percent of that average transaction price paid for by the automaker in terms of incentives. That fell all the way down to about two percent. So two yeah. percent of the average transaction price was being made up for. And incentives. And look at that, Dad. Talk about a V-shaped recovery. Incentives in last month, uh, in the month of January, were all the way up to 5.7%. So more than, you know, up over 100% year over year. So this is a big storyline. And unless, unless you object that, I think this is the appropriate moment to bring in our guest. I concur. I, I, and I hope, I hope John is prepared for the, uh, for what he's about to enter into. John Leverett joining us here on Daily News You Can Use. John, thanks for spending some time with us. Do you want to just briefly give us an introduction to who you are and and, and why you're here? Yeah, of course. Uh, Good morning, good afternoon, depending on your coast. Uh, Yeah, I'm John Leverett, uh, Launch Strategy Manager for Mazda North America. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) And, 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 and I, you know, you looked at that chart, Zach, when it came to, uh, manufacturer incentive spend. I'm guessing, John, that that Mazda is right up there in what they're spending incentive-wise in order to encourage the rapid growth of Mazda sales recently. Yeah, can we yeah. talk about that, John? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, we we have certainly increased 
incentive spend some, especially with our new model, the CX90. Um, so that's certainly part of it to kind of increase showroom demand. But uh, you know, at the same time, uh, demand has not necessarily fallen off. Um, so you kind of see that on that chart there. Despite incentives being up significantly from what they were, we're still not even close to what used to be the normal um, incentive spend. And for us, it's kind of an interesting, interesting position since we're moving into that more premium territory and our vehicles are more expensive at the time when you know everything's expensive. So trying to balance our incentive spend while also growing our our brand image um, and our positioning is is a you know a tight uh, walk to to walk. I I I want you to know I'll share this with you. Um, you know my my daughter and her husband they got a CX five uh, a year ago last month. Um, they had been driving a Subaru Outback, so you, you'd like to know that they were a conquest sale and they were considering what they what they thought they really wanted was a toyota rav4 and um, what they love is their mazda cx5 um my my daughter's husband's sister who lives in tucson arizona uh just on saturday i had a conversation with her on friday she was thinking of a honda hrv and a and i forget what else, but but the mazda cx30 and you'll be happy to know that there's now two Mazdas in the family. She picked up her new CX-30 on, uh, on Saturday, um, absolutely loves the vehicle. And uh, truth be told, when my mini lease is up, I'm probably going to end up being a Mazda guy. I don't, know, I don't know if you can handle me in that club, but <laughs> I'll, uh, hopefully you can. Hey, we'll take we'll take everyone. Uh, what she get? Did she go? Did she get the turbo? Did she get the regular CX thirty. She got the carbon edition. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. John, I want to ask you a question tied back to incentives, um, and you know, to build on the the Mazda interest. It was just the other day at the National Automobile Dealers Association that folks were there talking about increasing sales goals. Mazda had an incredible performance at the end of December, and 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 so far strong in twenty twenty four. We work with Mazda dealers. Like this is partly what we do. Um, we saw an incredible demand for 0% financing at the end of 2023. And so as we think about how car prices are finally, new car prices are finally starting to come down a little bit. And it's, I mean, the data pretty much shows it. It's not because the MSRPs are coming down. You've mentioned it yourself and, and other folks at Mazda have talked about becoming a more premium brand. It's because the incentive spend is coming back up. Those 0% financing offers are non-trivial. I mean, we can, we can, debate should you do cash should you do finance but we're in an, uh, an interest rate environment where you know a new car loan average new car loans nine percent and so if you're a qualified customer and mazda's underwriting zero percent i know not right now they are but you know they there were some really uh, strong incentives at the end of last year and i guess I'm, I'm asking you the question through the lens of like is the goal for mazda to grow more rapidly this year because that's kind of what it seems like and then as customers should we expect that chart keep doing what it's doing like maybe prices keep going up a little bit msrps go up but transaction prices come down because there's more incentive spend yeah so i mean that'll certainly play into it but we definitely do not want to overspend on incentives to the point where we cheapen our brand image um we don't want to be volume for the sake of volume um we want to be volume for the sake of profit and being able to come out with other vehicles that are desirable um to customers so it's 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 a balance, right? You know, I think if if we really wanted to hit these sales targets, we could just go super heavy on rental fleets and just sell it all to them if we really wanted to. 
Um, but you know, it's we want to attract the right customer and have the offers for that customer, but we don't want to overdo it. Um, we've seen, you know, from from many brands at several different points in history where they go all in on the volume game and right after doing that, the, the quality goes down, the customer base goes down because you want people who come back. Um, you don't want people who just buy because it's a good deal. You want people who buy because they see the value and then they come back the next time they're in the car market. Um, so that's that's kind of what, what we're looking at. But yes, incentive spend certainly will um, you know, continue to, to be a huge player for us. 0%, who knows, <laughs> depends, <laughs> depends on the market. But I mean, you know, that's the unfortunate I don't know if you'd call it fortunate or unfortunate thing. We all very recently um, have these memories of 0% financing on new cars. Uh, it's not like it was in the distant past. It's like all of a sudden rates have shot up. Everything has shot up. Um, so it's, it's, uh, but then at the same time, you know, even in the housing market, it's the same issue of demand hasn't gone down. So, you know, there is more spend to get the rates down, but also people are still buying and inventory levels still haven't, um, you know, come back to pre-pandemic levels. Can Can Definitely. I ask you a, a silly question that I I think two silly questions that I, I think people in our audience would would like to hear you address if you can. Um, Mazda has, in many parts of the world, pickup trucks. Mm-hmm. Is there is there any plan at this point in time that you can speak of uh, to reintroduce the Mazda pickup trucks to the United States as a as a more affordable option than what might be out there at the moment. And the second question is manual transmissions. Do you guys still believe in those? <laughs> <laughs> well I'll answer the first one first because that's easy. Yes, we do. Uh certainly believe or the second one first. We do believe in manual transmissions. But you know as we're going EV it is you know, it's a challenge to figure out how to make yes. that work in this electrified world. But, you know, driving enjoyment, it's a pinnacle of the brand. So um, the, the manual transmission is the easiest and best way to feel connected to your vehicle, feel like you know what's going on, to really be able to push the limits. That's just part of our brand heritage, and we're going to keep it as long as we can. Um, but, yeah, in terms of EV space, well, who knows? Still trying to figure that out. Um, but on your truck question, yeah, so overseas um, in other countries, we do sell um, the Mazda B-Series truck, and it's, yes. it's essentially um, a Suzu. Um, it's a partnership with the Suzu. Um, gotcha. I can't remember the name of Suzu's truck right now, but um, it's a Mazda uh, you know, version of Suzu. You know, we, we partnered with them on it. That truck does not make sense for America, necessarily, okay. um, and especially again, as we kind of move more premium and are shifting our, our brand image and, and already have shifted our brand image up, um, it, it's, we're trying to read the market to see what's right. You know, I, I think, I think what comes to mind is, was it 20 years ago, Lincoln, Lincoln came out with the, uh, with their luxury version of the F-150 and that was not successful. It just was not the time mm-hmm. for that. Um, but what we've seen now is things like Rivian, which certainly are very premium, very expensive kind of mid-sized trucks. Um, that are coming out. Um, and in general, the midsize truck segment has exploded. So um, I think the opportunity is there uh, for the first time for us to come back um, and be in alignment with our current brand image. Um, so we are looking at it. Um, I don't know, 
if it makes the most sense to come out with something that isn't electrified uh, in the current space, which may be disappointing, maybe what you what you would expect. But um, we're it is it is something that we are keeping our eye on. I, I, I appreciate. Can, can I just say I appreciate yeah. you sharing as much as you did there. Uh, you know, many manufacturers um, would rather just keep us in the dark, and you you were at least willing to share. So I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to tie back, John, some of your comments around electric vehicles, and um, you know, tie that back to the recent data that we got just this morning because we talk about it on this show all the time. And if we really wanted to talk about car price crashing. Uh, car prices crashing. It would be for electric vehicles. I'll I'll pull this data up on the screen. So we led with there's been a three and a half percent decline year over year in new car prices, new car transaction prices as a result of incentives. But look at this data for for electric vehicles. Um, it says right here, year over year EV prices have tumbled 10.8 percent according to the most recent analysis. January 2024 EV prices were higher month over month by 3.2 percent. So from December to January prices actually went up, but still year over year down nearly 11 percent and when you start to look at some of the different vehicles for example here you've got the volkswagen id4 uh, had an average incentive package equal to approximately six percent of its average transaction price last month incentives jumped to nearly 17 percent of its average transaction price which is absolutely mind-boggling the leaf has 18 percent um incentives as a percent as a, of average transaction price the ionic five incentives climbed from less than three percent in january of 2023 to more than 18 percent last month so i i have to ask the question why is there this fascination with going electric and mazda would be one of the companies out there one of the automate automakers out there right now that hasn't hasn't really pushed the electric pedal to the metal and you know sales are up like help me Help me be rational about this, John. Like, what am I missing here? Well, you know, I I think you know this, from from this is just maybe my personal viewpoint, not necessarily Mazda's. But um, the new shiny thing is what makes stock prices rise. <laughs> um, you know, so whether it actually makes sense or not, having these big plans on the table that are new and super interesting, and no one else is doing it, you know, it does wonders uh, for for getting your name out there. Um, for being ahead of the curve, you know, that, that's great. But long term, um, you know, is it the best plan? We we didn't think so. We, we don't think so. Um, several other, you know, Japanese automakers, too, are kind of in the same boat of, yes, we, we do maybe need to, add, you know, have some electric offerings, but it's not going to happen as fast as as some manufacturers might have you believe um, or even, you know, the industry have you believe. So. Um, yeah, and, and we're seeing we're seeing the effects of it uh, with with the EV demand kind of plateauing at the moment. Um, and these cars are already difficult to make a profit on because of how expensive batteries are. So um, it's a it's an interesting situation right now. It, it, Can I it, say one thing, Pops, real quick? Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> I just want to pull this up. We've tracked and we maintain this more in 2022. The announcements from OEMs to John's point about it looks, I mean, I'm not putting words about John. I'll say from my point, which it looks good. It looks good mm -hmm. to talk about going, you know, taking it, going up to the plate and hit, trying to hit a grand slam. We had tracked specific announcements in 2022, and it was over half a trillion dollars in quote unquote commitments, you know, from all the various different, you know, there's Boston's name on there. Um, and then, you know, we're, me and my dad look at the headlines every day, and it's GM recently going and saying, <laughs> you know what? 2035 sounds great, but we're going to do plug-in or we're going to do hybrids. Like 
you know, it's just, it's interesting to see, you know, when you got to kind of make it look sexy, you can make it look sexy. And then when you got to make money again, you can make money again. At least I just want to pull that up. We keep track of this. And and the thing is, you know, with what John was saying, it's almost as if as a company, you'd have to say, well, why, why would we think we could make money building and selling EVs? Well, when nobody else can other than Tesla, uh, (laughs) and, and, and that has to, I, I would think that has to be top of mind for any manufacturer at this point. Yes. Um, you know, governments worldwide want to see, uh, fewer emissions and more EVs, but Perhaps ultimately, EV isn't the way to go. Maybe there's an alternative fuel source that would get us where the governments would like us to be that um, can actually be produced sustainably and, most importantly, profitably. Because, you know, you look at Ford, you look at GM, you look at most of these manufacturers, they they all complain they don't make any money on EVs. so it, it's hard to it's hard to picture a company like Mazda getting that heavily invested in EVs. I like the the concept of hybrids and plug-in hybrids, but I, you don't have any all fully battery electric vehicles at this point, do you? Well, we do in Europe and other countries. So the MX-30, which you know we we saw here for a while, um, yes. it is it is pretty successful in Europe, um, and we have the you know the rotary. Um, plug-in hybrid version yes. of that vehicle as well, also in Europe, and you know that vehicle, um, yeah, it does it does well over there, and it's in, but it's a better fit for that market. Yeah, um, the range, the size, um, you know that makes more sense for over there versus versus over here. So we we are you know gathering a lot of like a lot of learnings from that vehicle yeah. being on sale. Um, that certainly will inform any U.S. specific vehicle. But yeah, we we don't have any. Um, over here, and I, and I think you know another reason why our our vehicle at least is so much more successful over in Europe and, and other countries mm-hmm. is the infrastructure is there more so than it is here. Um, you know that's something everybody everybody knows that that's an issue, um, but uh, you know maybe we've kind of reached at least at the moment the capacity um, of the electric inf- infrastructure for current electric owners. I, I don't know how many more electric vehicles it could handle at the moment. If I may, I just want to tie it back to where we started today, right? Which yeah. is this idea that Kelly Blue Book just came out. So Cox Automotive, the big conglomerate in the space, just came out with the latest data. New car prices are down, which is a good thing. That's a great thing, especially as MSRPs continue to rise. We are starting to see some, I mean, it's hard. You're hard pressed to look at this chart and say normalization because holy cow, does that that number need to come down a lot for, for that average transaction price for a new card to, to go back to where it was pre-pandemic, but some level of normalization. And it's being funded by the automakers who are increasing incentives. And then you know how we got onto EVs was, sure, there's a 3.5% decline for new car prices, but there's a 10.8% decline for explicitly EV car, uh, new car prices. So it's super interesting to see those dynamics at play. It makes me wonder, and, and if you're if you're comfortable with it, John, I'd like to talk about a little bit um, what dealers are going through right now. We cover dealers a lot on this show. Um, and, and the reason I want to talk about dealers is we're seeing more and more quarterly earnings come out from big dealer groups. So, for example, AutoNation just came out this morning and, you know, their their uh, their profits are down 25 percent year over year. Before anyone sheds a tear, they still made over 212 
million dollars in operating income. So wow, but you know, still we're seeing downward pressure on dealers. Do you spend much time in your role, you know, engaging with dealers or from the folks you you talk to at Mazda? Like, do they have enough inventory? Are they are they struggling with an oversupply? And I'll, I'll share just one tidbit. Our dealer partner down in the South, you know, there was a moment in time where they had a 70, 80 days supply of inventory. We got involved with them and then we sold, they sold all their cars. But like, you know, they were starting to build up a little bit of inventory. Is that something you're hearing about? Because we know that's a big cost center uh, for dealers right now. Not, not with Mazda. Um, we have certainly recovered to a more healthy level, um, kind of like uh, right pre-pandemic, um, or kind of maybe maybe not pre-pandemic, but right in the middle of the pandemic when those high inventories had come down to maybe a more sustainable level, honestly. Um, so we certainly are not dealing with oversupply. Um, but the other thing I would say is even with our efforts to continue to improve our dealer inventory. Um, things like build to order uh, are probably going to stick around for a long time. Um, people have become used to that. And it, and it is efficient, right? Customer gets what they want. We're able to build exactly what we know will sell. Um, so there, there are some pros to that. Um, in terms of our dealer body, um, speaking for our um, new dealerships, um, which these are dealerships that have kind of adopted our new style um, and built new dealerships or renovated their existing um, they're seeing record record profits and record um, sales. You know, we we have dealers pushing um, the most Mazdas through one store that we've ever seen. Um, yeah. So we are seeing record profit, despite um, right over overall industry. You know, dealers are their profits are a little bit down. Um, yeah. But again, you know, this all ties back to we 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 exceeded our sales target this year, which caused us to up our sales target for next year and along with that reduces our ability to actually recover that inventory um so i i think our situation will continue for the foreseeable future um where we we have just enough inventory and then that ability to build um what customers want um it, it's kind of a nice spot to be in we're we're, we're not struggling too much um in, in that regard right now can can i ask another one of my famous silly questions you know, we, we were talking about average transaction prices. And for the longest time, Mazda has always presented good value for money. I, a good quality car um, and typically slightly lower price points than many of its competitors. Now the, the desire is to go a little more upscale. You managed to mute yourself, Pops. That's interesting. Um, I'm real good at that. Let me. Let oh, me and then your mic went to your computer. How would you I do know, that? I'm fixing it. it. Um, so, <laughs> knowing that you want to go more upscale, what do you guys project to be the proper average transaction price for Mazda to to I guess undercut your competitors? but still provide great value for, for the dollar? Well, we don't have a specific um, transaction price in mind. However, um, you know, maybe five, 10 years ago, that average transaction price was in comparison to Honda and Toyota. Um, you know, that's, that's flipped for us, uh, yes. especially on some models to more where, what's the average of Lexus and Acura and how are we, you know, comparing to that um, or, or what are we seeing? So, um, there's no, 
there, there's no you know company wide average transaction price or anything that we're necessarily paying attention to. Um, I think for us, more so than than transaction price, we pay a lot of attention to market share um, to see how we actually are making inroads against our competitors. Even and that gives us a much more accurate picture. So if sales dip, but our market share is still the same or a little bit higher, then we know we're being successful um, in, in, in getting our message out there and getting our vehicles out there to the right people. Um, but certainly now, you know, our the CX-90 at $59,000, $60,000, and then the Mazda 3 at starting at $23,000, it's a really wide range uh, within our model lineup to, to be able to hone in on, on a very specific average transaction price. Is 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 the idea to to be able to have an entry level vehicle to start people with, and then as their lifestyle and earnings improve, um, to be able to step them up to the next model and then the next model and then ultimately to the CX ninety is is that the desire at this point? Certainly, yes. Um, you know, Mazda three used to fill that entry space for us. It still does, but obviously yeah. CX thirty that BCUV spaces become kind of the more the more entry vehicle that customers look for. Um, yeah, when, when they when they have a kid um, or they get married and they want a little more space, CX-5, um, CX-50, um, if they mm-hmm. you know enjoy maybe more outdoor activities. Not that CX-30 can't work for that, but most people, especially in the States, you know, they, they, they want more space, the most space they can get. Um, and then after that, um, yeah, when you have more than one or two kids, uh, you have CX-90. Um, and then now with the release of CX-70, that kind of straddles a little bit of all of the segments um, because you have the more affluent couples who just want a big, spacious SUV, um, as well as the people where the kids are all out of the house and they want you know, a similar size vehicle to what they've had, but um, don't necessarily need the three rows. And then there's MX-5 out there that uh, is just the, you know, what is it? Miata is always the answer. So. So, so here's here's a challenge for you. I drive a Mini Clubman S all four. What what will be my new Mazda when I get it? What do you think I should I should consider? <laughs> well, I mean, I think the CX thirty uh, Turbo. You need to get a Turbo if you're if you're coming from a from a Mini S. Okay. Um, the two point five with the two point five Turbo. It'll give you a good power bump over your Mini. Um, I believe if I remember your the horsepower mm-hmm. figures on that. Yeah, You've I think got, it's 181 or 189. And are you putting are you putting premium in your mini? Excuse premium me. Fuel? You put premium <laughs> fuel. No. Okay. Mid 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 level. Mid mid grade. Okay. So then you'd be going to you know 226 horsepower on the CX30 with 320 pound feet of torque. Our all-wheel drive system, you know, I'd say it's better than the mini's all-wheel drive system. Um, it's not a reactive system, so it. It, it performs like an always on, even though it's not an always on system. So yeah, I think CX-30 is perfect fit for you. Okay. Or, or if you like the the ride height, I mean, my per, one of my personal favorites is the Mazda 3 hatchback, but uh, might feel a little bit small coming from the the countryman. Well, no, the I'm clubman. Clubman. Yeah, clubman. clubman. Okay, cool. cool. Well, hey guys, I want to do two things real quick. John, do you mind sticking around for our favorite segment of the show? Sure. Awesome. Before we do, I want to remind everyone and let everyone know, you go on CarEdge.com right now, Mazda actually does have regionally some really compelling APR incentives at the moment. So for example, down to 1.9%, depending on your region for the Mazda CX-50, down to uh, 0.9% on the CX-30s and the CX-5. 
So please, 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 folks, go check out on CarEdge.com. See if you're in an area of the country where we can do free shipping to your home. If not, it might be a little bit out of pocket. You can purchase that next Mazda back on CarEdge.com. And then I'm just pulling up our community forum, John, so you can see this. The community forum has a success stories channel. This success stories channel is just full of Mazdas, man. So you should just have a big smile on your face. Uh, Mazda CX-30. We've got Mazda CX-50. We've got, wait for it. Uh, that's a Chevy Trax and not a Mazda. Wait for it. Here's a CX-30. Here's a CX-5. Like The amount of Mazda sales that we've seen, people finding the brand to be um, just really, really, really working for them is through the roof. And so I just, I want to acknowledge that we see it in our community. We're proud to partner with Mazda dealers. And we're obviously really grateful for you to be here with us today. All that being said, I think I've got a pretty good, really, you got to be kidding me. Can you, can you hit us with the pops? Really? You gotta be kidding me. All right, John. First time being a part of a really you gotta be kidding me. And we are going straight to the single source of truth for the OEM and the dealer, which is a dealer invoice. All right. But I'm gonna zoom in here. All right, folks. We are going to be talking about the fact that the 2024 Jeep Grand Cherokee L Limited, which I should mention over the past five past five years, Jeep average or Jeep MSRPs are up 58% in the past five years. John and Pops, have you ever seen on a dealer invoice this line right here? MSRP reduction of $3,500 off of the MSRP and $3,395 off of the dealer invoice. Really got to be kidding me, folks. You raised your prices a little too fast. And now we have MSRP reductions. You ever seen that before, John? No, I haven't. That's a first for me, but... uh as a buyer, I'm I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure Jeep's open as a buyer. People are all about it as well. Um, you know, I can honestly say in all the years I was in the business, uh, I, I remember when Acura had the, uh, the TL, and the, I think it was 1998 or 1999, it came out with the 3.2 TL. And what they did is they lowered the price by like four or five thousand dollars, and they increased the amount of standard equipment dramatically. So in that case, the car was less, but they did not suddenly re-invoice dealers for cars that had already been shipped with and send out new Monroney labels with price reductions on on the MSRP. That's not something I've seen before. And if I may, Zach. I don't think $3,500 off is anywhere near enough to start moving those. <laughs> I know, man. 58% is what Jeep has increased their MSRPs over the past five years. Because we, we've, we've talked all the time, John, about car price inflation. We have a great guide. We've done the research. But we always talked about just Stellantis, all four brands in one. And we finally broke it out. Jeep is 58%. Kind of hard to wrap your head around. We had a, a question and a contribution come through from just a cinnamon bun. Love that. Yes. All right, John, it's free. When is the Mazda Speed sub-brand coming back? Please say it is. Any comments? Oh, man, what can I say? Um, I <laughs> wish it was coming back, um, but it is not. However, if it did, it probably would be called something different. You've got to acknowledge, like, Kia did a great job bringing the N-Line. I think they hired people over from BMW M, you know, the, the M division. And, like, look, they came out with the N-Line. People are, you know, enthusiasts are into it. You see Toyota does that. It would be pretty cool if Mazda started to play in that space at some point. Just planting. Again, again. Planting my, the Mazda 3-speed uh, was, was really a pretty popular sub-brand for Mazda. 
It was. I, you know, I when we got rid of it, and I believe night, well, whenever the last Mazda Speed Three was, you know, we we as moving, we wanted to move up market, so we didn't want to bring along maybe a little bit of a more too playful of a brand with us. Um, but in a lot of respects, our vehicles have the performance um, mm-hmm. at the top end that the Mazda Speed brand provided anyway. Um, but we are looking at pushing that threshold. Uh, just just who knows what it's going to be called. Cobb, gotcha. John just said something that really connected some dots for me. He said the yeah. brand didn't want to be too playful. This explains why you and I would never have John's job. We're just a little too playful. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite premium enough for the Mazda brand. We do want to give John uh, you know, his credit here. Fly Chomper Fly, thanks for the contribution. This is why Mazda does so well. John is so logical. I think that is the highest compliment that could ever be paid on YouTube, John. So take that <laughs> yeah, one you. with you as you move throughout your day. Um, I, I, I think it, it, it comes from both of us. Unless you have a parting shot here, Pops, I, I want to be respectful of John's time. It was really, really generous of him to join us here. And we, we have on Auto Insiders. So please go check it out. Please go listen to John's interview with my dad over on Auto Insiders. It's a great episode. Encourage everyone to give it a listen. Go for it, Pops, if you have anything else. I, I just, I, I want to thank John again. Uh, you know, we, John and I did an hour interview uh, for him to, to come back on with us live. Um, put his life in our hands, and and at least we tried to be respectful and not put him too much on the spot. But I I can't I I really can't thank you enough, and and I I wish more manufacturers had more people like you working for them, who uh, who would consider doing shows like this so that you can help build your brands. Um, you know whether it be. Well, I'm just going to stick with Mazda right now. So thank you, John. Thank you so much for, for your insights and, and your, your willingness to share with us. Yes, of course. Yeah. Thanks for y'all's uh, kind remarks here. Making me feel, feel great uh, in the afternoon here, but uh, yeah, glad to join you guys anytime. Uh, oh, and oh, by no the way, can I get any type of friends and family pricing? Just, we're gonna, we're gonna. just I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, you, you've got my email. So, you know, when the time's right, you just let me know. <laughs> Thank you, Thanks so much. <laughs> Come on, man. Friends and family. Can you, you would buy yours through card, wouldn't you? Please tell me. Please tell of me. Course you, 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 you of course I would. What do you want? Of course, naturally. Okay. You. Yeah, you know. Oh, oh, here we go. Thank you to uh, Ryan Cooley, so I can get my butt exercise and thigh exercise in today. There you go. Earlier in the show, we had a contribution from Matthew Hoskin as well. Matthew, thank you. Was it BMW Welt in Munich last week? M cars were front and center, then the Rolls Royce Guzzlers, the battery electric vehicles tucked in the back everywhere. Same for uh, the behind the scenes tour. Super interesting to hear that. Wow. Reminds me of when we did the Ford uh, Rouge plant tour. It it freaking Ford Raptors everywhere. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. All you could see were Ford Raptors. It was like, why aren't they producing any other trims? I was just yeah, kind of that, interested to hear. That was amazing things. when we were there, the number of Ford Raptors that were being built. And yet there always seems to be a shortage. Yeah, shortage uh, of Ford Raptors and yes. you know, not enough of the uh, not enough of the other ones. That was awesome having John on. And, and it's super interesting to have someone from the OEM. At the same time, that incentive spend is going through the roof. Yes. And, and Mazda's being aggressive. I mean, they need to, John said it well, I mean, they need to continue to, to grow rapidly. Um, and, and that's like obviously at the corporate level, the decision that they've made. The fact that they have these subvented interest rates, like they're not 0%, but 1.9% and 0.9%? Yeah. <clears throat> that's pretty good, man. No, absolutely it is. 
Absolutely it is. So I, I guess there's going to be a CX-30 uh, uh, turbo in my future. You know? I mean, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. What, you don't want me to get another car? I mean, you, you're the one that drives it, not me. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't mind that, that. All right. Anyway, folks, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll have a normal show with just us two knuckleheads, new guests tomorrow. Pops, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, have a great Tuesday. Yeah, maybe I'll send you roses for tomorrow. Because tomorrow mm-hmm. is Valentine's Day, ladies and gentlemen. So, so maybe Cupid will show up. Who knows? Me in a diaper with an, a bow and an arrow. Oh, my God. I almost forgot, for those of you that haven't already clicked off, we have Toyota. If you live um, in Tennessee or the surrounding states, we have free shipping to your door for new Toyotas. Um, so on CarEdge.com, tell us you're interested in a Toyota. If you're outside that range, you might have to pay for some of the shipping. You know how much we're struggling with shipping, guys. It's very difficult in terms of making it economical. But you can now buy Toyotas directly on CarEdge.com from our participating dealer partners. Please take advantage of that. We think this is huge. I'm super excited. We're working on another Toyota dealer on the East Coast as well. And I'm still looking for intros to Toyota dealers on the West Coast so that we have one in the middle of the country, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. It's coming together, man. It is. It is. And Happy uh, almost Valentine's Day. Yes. Yeah. Don't forget that, you know, there's, there's no more uh, greater day for love. Valentine. I gotta figure out what we're doing tomorrow, man. Honestly. Yeah, me too. Because I'm I, I really won't have a bone and arrow and I won't be wearing a, a diaper. Well, you know, maybe what I will, I but I won't tell anybody. Uh what did I do for Laura. Uh <clears throat> you know, um, you know, Valentine's Day, I believe, was invented by florists. So, you know, so I, I would su- yeah, I would suggest flowers, um, you know, or uh, or or chocolates or um, Nintendo, some type of game <laughs> that says "I love you." Tell her you love her. All right, I'll probably just stick with Bark's suggestion, but I typically <laughs> try and do that every day. Well, folks, you're saying the website's crashing. All right, folks, let's try it live. I'm sorry if the uh, website's crashing. Let's do it live, Dad. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Let me go here and let me hit refresh. Huh. Let me let me maybe this is crashing. Forerunner. Moment of truth. No, I don't know. I don't know, folks. If the website crashed, someone let me know. All right, Dad, I love you. I'm gonna try and figure out if the website's crashed, even though it doesn't seem like it is. And I Okay. I love you as well. Have a great rest of your day, handsome, and I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. We'll see you all back here tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for being here today.